You're listening to On Human Rights, where we talk to experts around the world about the latest and most important issues on human rights and humanitarian law. We're broadcasting from the Raoul Wallenberg Institute of Human Rights and Humanitarian Law in Lund, Sweden. I'm Gabriel Stein. Today we have a special interview from the Swedish Human Rights Forum in Malmö that took place a couple weeks ago. It's with Alice Wadström from the Raoul Wallenberg Institute, who interviews Anders Kompas from the Swedish Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Kompas was in the news uh, and has been in the news a lot lately. He worked for the United Nations for a period of 20 years. But at the end of that, he was suspended for exposing the sexual abuse of children by peacekeepers to relevant authorities. And that led to his suspension. Finally, he was cleared by a panel of inquiry at the request of Secretary General Ban Ki-moon, and then he resigned from the UN. So this is an interesting interview coming up with Alice Wadstrom from the Rao Wallenberg Institute with Anders Kompas. Enjoy. I am here with Mr. Anders uh, Kompas from the Swedish Foreign Ministry. Hello, Anders. Hello. Hmm. Uh, you worked for the UN for about 20 years. Can you tell me how you uh, how you came to start working for the UN? I started uh, working in El Salvador uh, as representative of the United Nations Development Program uh, directly after the signing of the peace agreement in, in 1992. And uh, I was invited to join uh, the UN and UNDP because I had been working with uh, El Salvador and Central America, but particularly El Salvador, during the, the conflict, which means more than 12 years. So I had a, a lot of knowledge and familiarity with the, with the country and the process. I had been uh, working in, in trying to facilitate the peace process from the Swedish Foreign Service. So that was my first experience. Uh, and, and, and during those years, it was very much about how to work in a post-conflict situation. Uh, the first time... Uh, ever that the UN had also to verify a human, right, human rights agreement. It was the first uh, human rights agreement that was signed in any UN uh, verification mission, uh, which is now, you can say, a praxis. There is no peace agreement without the human rights agreement. And then uh, I worked for the Office of the uh, High Commissioner for Human Rights, as representative in Colombia and Guatemala and Mexico for a total of 10 years and then the last seven years in uh, Geneva at the headquarter in charge of the uh, what is called the field operations which means uh, giving support and, and service to the, the field presences of the, of the Office of the High Commissioner. And may I ask before continuing, uh, while you were working with Colombia and Guatemala what were the major human rights issues at stake at that time? In Colombia, it was uh, at, a, at a very critical uh, moment in 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 the, in, in the conflict. Uh, there was a, a, an effort at that time to uh, have a peace dialogue dialogue between the government and the FARC guerrilla that failed, but uh, and, and and very much it failed because of the increase of violence. There was mass kidnappings, uh, massacres, uh, so that uh, the job uh, was very much to follow up and, and try to raise uh, awareness and, and early warnings uh, when it came to violations of uh, of international humanitarian law and massive human rights violations. And talk a little bit more about your, your last position as the UN. 
in Geneva. <coughs> I was um, a director of, uh, of a, a division that uh, was responsible for the field presences of the Office of the High Commissioner, including also the human rights components in the peace missions. Uh, but also to uh, follow the human rights situations uh, globally, uh, even in, in, even when we didn't have an, any presence as such, but also to work in trying to engage and encourage uh, our UN partners, both in the UN system and in the UN political system, to um, uh, to feel take take up human rights issue as part of their work. And. Um the fact that you left this position under quite dramatic circumstances is well known, but can you just uh, in, in brief, uh, brief terms explain what, what happened? Well, uh, there was, I received a report about uh, allegations uh, mm-hmm. from uh, several um, countries, uh, soldiers in, in Central Africa Republic uh, during a very critical period in, in Central Africa Republic. And the allegations was about sexual abuse by uh, by soldiers, foreign soldiers, including some from France, and uh, and there were ongoing <coughs> violations or allegations. So I alerted the French authorities through the through the French uh, permanent mission in Geneva, that responded very very quickly, and the investigators were sent to Central Africa Republic. Thanks to the information that I had uh, given, the uh, the soldiers uh, were identified and sent back home. And I believe that the children, uh, mainly boys, underage boys, were at least saved from 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 from, from that. And then, after eight months, uh, I was informed by my then uh, boss, the High Commissioner for Human Rights, that I had uh, done something very very wrong when I had informed the French and that uh, he asked me to resign and when I refused to resign I was uh, put on the investigation uh, I was uh, put on the administrative leave I appealed I won the appeal I could come back and I worked during uh, the time the investigations both the internal and then the external investigation was also uh, put together uh, very much due to all the uproar and, and publicity that is caused and then in December last year I was uh, the report came out from this independent car panel that basically said that I had done my job but there were other people in the UN that had known about this and uh, who hadn't done anything about it quite the contrary they had silenced it and that very much the focus on me was was very wrong directed it should direct be directed to what really is the problem is that uh, that these kind of allegations and violations are happening within the UN against uh, civilians women and children but so just to be clear for those who don't may not be familiar with the the way that the UN works when you alerted the french authorities i mean that is what made you known as a whistleblower because although you did your job there was something there that didn't happen the way that according to the system it should have can you explain what was the problem there why 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 was it not okay to contact the french authorities directly what what was the yeah well there there first of all i was not a whistleblower if you think a whistleblower is someone who goes to to the media right i i i alerted the french i uh, 
during eight months, no one knew about it, uh, uh, including the media. Didn't, there was not a word about it. The French had responded. They, they identified the soldiers, sent them back home. An investigation was started. Um, the French were in contact with the Office of Legal Affairs in New York to uh, to see how uh, they could get access to uh, to the UN colleagues that had interviewed the children and had information about what had happened on the ground. And then uh, when I then was uh, accused of having breached uh, uh, UN procedure, it was uh, my, the accusations against me was that I had that I had given too much information to the French when I had given an unredacted uh, report with with the names of the children. So the accusation was that because of that I had put uh, dangers uh, to the children. And of course with with more than 20 years of experience working within the UN system and particularly with human rights, I I knew very well if you are producing a public report you have to be very careful of not mentioning names or witnesses and and and, uh, and then it depends very much on, on on the situation if it would have been another country uh, i would have been more careful but in this in this case we're talking about a country like france a rule of law independent judiciary independent investigators a country that uh, has had experience in in dealing also with this type of allegations uh, so uh, and then the fact that these uh, these allegations were happening and and in a very chaotic situation like it was at that time in in Central African Republic so precisely to protect the children uh, i had to give enough information to the french so that they could very quickly take away the soldiers that were abusing the children and that that in the end was recognized that that uh, you have also to use your good judgment uh, and and it, in every situation is is particular mm-hmm. do you think and that I there's may also say perhaps that the sad thing is that when i was when i had this which was of course a terrible accusation that i had put that i endangers uh, the the life or the security of the children when that that was then put forward to me eight months after I had I had alerted the French and they had responded and the French soldiers had been sent home but then at the same time then that my my boss and other UN leaders were repeating this accusation none of them had ever taken any contact with the children not in, including you and UNICEF who had been uh, in, in, in contact with the children when they had uh, discovered this or had uh, been alerted about these allegations they they stopped their contact with the children so no one really had follow up what had happened with the children but at least because of what i did they were they were at least not being uh, abused any longer by this by this uh, by these soldiers and um if you would suggest changes to the system to uh, to promote accountability and reparations for victim what what things would you uh, would you recommend well it was, it's very interesting in this uh, car panel report uh, <coughs> that everyone can read on on the web it's uh, uh, there were 
There were three high UN officials that were accused of having uh, abused their authority. And other uh, high officials of the UN, including my own boss, uh, the High Commission for Human Rights, who also was severely criticized. And really nothing had happened. Uh, and I think that's that's where the accountability have to start. Uh, people who acted wrongly have to pay some kind of a price. If not, uh, I mean that's that's the that's that's the essence of uh, of justice. Uh, if you don't, uh, if you don't, if there is no uh, responsibility, if there is no accountability, then you will get what we are fighting. Uh, for in in so many countries outside of the UN, which is uh, the legacy of impunity. You have impunity because you don't have accountability. Thank you very much, uh, Anders. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much. On Human Rights is broadcast from the Rao Wallenberg Institute of Human Rights and Humanitarian Law in Loon, Sweden. I'm Gabriel Stein. Thanks so much for listening today. We'll be back soon with more talking to experts around the world about the latest and most important issues on human rights and humanitarian law.